Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, August 18th, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing, Addie Lee Jr., and joining me is Imran the Don Khan. Howdy, Blessing. Imran, how's it going? It is not incredibly hot today. Yes, that is, honestly, that is the biggest thing. Uh, if you're living in, in the Bay Area, this last weekend was legitimately one of the hottest weekends I've experienced since moving here. It was incredible how hot it got. And also, we got thunderstorms. I don't know where. Yeah, so that, that, that possible that was, that was earthquakes really cool. too. I don't know about the earthquakes. The thunderstorm was like cool to look at. Like literally, it's a it was a storm without any rain, and it was just like seeing lightning in the distance with nothing there. I think it rained for like fifteen seconds at one point, but it was a very cool thing to see. Yeah, it's weird. No, it's it, weird. That's not that's not like a normal thing for this area. Why is my camera moving? It was very strange because I the thunder the thundering was happening in the middle of the night, and I was sleeping, and I legit was woken up by the thunder, and it was one of those things where historically. Thunder is not like a scary thing to me because I grew up in the Midwest and like there 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 was a uh, thunderstorms all the time and so like I don't freak out necessarily about thunder but something about living here and and now being used to not having thunderstorms and being woken up by thunder happening and no rain happening something about that shook me to where I was like ooh this seems this seems ominous I don't know how I feel about all this was it, it seems kind of scary how how is it finally experiencing what we were always complaining about where it's like Oh, it's like 90 degrees and it's unbearable. And everyone in the chat's always like, ooh, it's 150 here. Or it's like, it's also different. like, it's the 150 there different. where you guys have air conditioning. Yeah, you guys are yeah. ready and prepared for it. That's There's... that's the thing. Like, I, I, lived for, I lived in Nigeria for a couple of years growing up. And, like, of course, in Nigeria, it is very hot. Also in Nigeria, my house had air conditioning, and that made a world of difference. Living in San Francisco, where none of the buildings have air conditioning, legit makes days like this last weekend unbearable. Like yeah, I was actually cool. moving moving over some of my stuff because I'm I'm in the process of moving over to a new apartment, and I happened to be moving on Saturday, which was the day that was the, the hottest. hottest. And the par- apartment I'm moving into, I'm on the top floor, and Ooh. I got to the top floor, and I got to my apartment, uh, my actual apartment open the door and just a heat wave just engulfed me in a way where i was like how how do we let this happen it's, how do we let crazy. places get this hot without ac because well because it only happens like a week or two a year but yeah. it's just also like for some reason i guess people were like hey to save money let's not properly insulate anything and so it traps like yeah. it makes it yes. so that the houses turn into an oven all the heat can come in and it doesn't come out well it's terrible yes. especially mm-hmm. if you're on the top floor which was a terrible experience. So yeah. I can't wait to live there. Yeah, I'm from Georgia, and I like, I know what it's like to be really hot. But you're only hot between the car and whatever building you're getting into. That's it. Yeah, that sounds yeah, here exactly. it's like you're you hot all the time. Uh, blessing. One thing it. that you should invest in is like several fans and just put them on your windows to like create like a mm. wind tunnel in your house. That helps with us. Dude, you can't on... see. I literally have two fans to the left of me. I can't because I've, I've, I've. Yeah, you can't even. I mean, it's. One, this microphone's great, Kevin. You got it for me, and I appreciate that. <laughs> Two, the fa- the fans aren't that loud. Oh, okay. um, but I'm yeah, turning like, my fan on now. I got a system going. I like it. I can't hear your. Are you, well, is your no, fan I, on? I, can I can't it. get my hand on it. I can't get my hand. You'll hear it. It's loud. You hear it? Oh yeah, I can hear that. Yeah, it's 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 a little but guy, but you, it works. Does well. it give you the good breeze though? Oh my god, you can see my hair just flowing in it. <laughs> flowing, looking like a lion, Kevin. 
Hey, Ron, enough about how hot it is in San Francisco. Let's talk about Deathloop being delayed, more on Epic versus Apple, and trouble at Rocksteady, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live, right here on twitch.tv slash Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash games, roosterteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily to be a part of the show at the patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping dc fandom is happening this saturday and we're treating it like greg miller's personal e3 greg and the kind of funny crew will be on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games all day long reacting to panels for suicide squad kill the justice league uh, wb montreal's game that they're announcing which is obviously batman but for some reason they, they they've done the weird marketing tactic where they've talked about it for a year and not said anything about it at the same time. It's incredible. I've not seen any other publisher do that. Uh, so kudos to UWB Montreal. Uh, but yeah, we're reacting live to that. Uh, the Snyder Cut and every other DC movie that DC movie that all starts right here at 10 a.m. Pacific time on twitch.tv slash games. So don't miss it. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Mohammed, Mohammed, and Blackjack. Today we're brought to you by DoorDash, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Starting with our number one, Imran, what would you say if I told you that another launch title got delayed? Depends on the launch title. There's some if I told you sob openly. What if I told you it was Deathloop? I will sob openly. Same Because that was one of the ones I was excited or most excited about. Yes, and I'm right there with you. Uh, story number one, Deathloop has been delayed. Uh, this comes from Deathloop on Twitter. They tweeted out uh, a letter to the community and an update on Deathloop in an image that reads, We've made the decision to move the launch date of Deathloop to Q2 2021. Our ambition for Deathloop is to deliver a signature arcane game that takes you to a never-before-seen place in a stylish new world. At the same time, the health and safety of everyone at Arcane Leon, or Lion, I'm, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, I'm going to say Leon, uh, Arcane Leon remains our top priority. As we've adjusted to work from home, we found that delivering this new and exciting experience at the polish and quality level that defines both an arcane game and a true next-gen experience is taking longer than normal. This extra time will allow our team to bring Deathloop World to life with as much character and fun as you've come to expect from our team. While we know this is the right decision for Deathloop, we share your disappointment and apologize for making, making you wait even longer. Thank you for your support and thank you for your support and excitement. Your, your positive feedback has helped fuel us as we continue to work uh, from the confines of our homes. We can't wait to share more details about Deathloop with you, so keep your eyes open for our next update coming soon. Arcane Leon. This makes sense, right, as COVID has been a thing and work from home has been a thing, and you've seen all the yeah. companies adjust, adjusting. Like Any delay that's happening at this point isn't as surprising because we all understand that like the world shifted. Um, yeah. But I'm, I'm with you there. That I'm kind of openly sobbing about this. This, what, this was one of this i would say in my top two of launch titles i was looking forward to it was this and yeah. miles morales yeah, i was gonna watch the miles morales is coming out i was gonna come home with this and miles morales and be like all right cool i got like a game that maybe is a little bit smaller but i'm very into like aesthetically and gameplay wise and a game that is new and interesting and like will be probably yeah. fantastic to play but from this, arcane did you play yes. dishonored i did i, I played dishonored like i played the first one when it launched i played two recently and did, so you, I, did I, you enjoy it 
I, I enjoyed them both. Yeah, I think they're I, they're both fantastic games, and this seems like it takes the ideas that didn't quite land with me with Dishonored and like makes them either less important or entirely dismissive. Yes, and I'm I'm actually with you there. Where Dishonored is a game, Dishonored Two specifically is a game that I I really loved, but I'm not necessarily big into the aesthetic of whale punk. Like that's not that that's not <laughs> mm-hmm. the thing about the game that appealed to me. Everything else about the game appealed to me. I love the gameplay. I love the um, immersive simness of it. Like the idea that you can go in and tackle the game how you want. As far as do you want to go loud? Do you want to go stealth? And and the different abilities and how that affects the different approaches you can take in the game. Like. That design philosophy is something that I'm a big fan of. And Deathloop aesthetically is pleasing to me. The characters seem cool. I like the back and forth between the two main characters. Like everything about it, I'm all about. And yeah, if it takes them delaying it to make sure that it comes out in a state that uh, is good, then so be it. Like that's acceptable to me. I I agree. I'd rather the game be delayed than come out badly or like Mm -hmm. them have to crunch to get it in there. But. I also feel like that game coming out at launch is that game's best chance to be like a huge hit. And I'm with you there. Who knows what Q2 2021 is going to look like? Maybe it's still kind of dire by then, but still like like we were both saying, we, that was the launch game we were going to pick up. And yeah. I think a lot of people probably would have felt that way. So who knows what this ends up looking like? If you asked me a Shadow of Mordor would have been a huge game like years before it came out, I'd be like, no, that doesn't like Lord of the Ring games do fine, they just don't do well. I but it ended up selling super well. So maybe this still ends up being that big next gen showcase. I just, yeah, I, I maybe it just made my personal disappointment of it not coming out then, trying to translate to an industry analysis. But I just wish that, like, for its own sake, that it would have been able to come out at launch. Well, I think one of the reasons why this is like a little bit shocking uh, of it being delayed is that it was going to be a PlayStation launch title. Mm-hmm. Like it is an exclusive or a launch exclusive game to PlayStation that was going to come out at launch, which was going to bolster that library. And in a way like Halo Infinite being delayed, was it last week or two weeks ago? Time is still a flat circle. Uh, with that delay, that probably lends more, I guess, leniency to how, how much, PlayStation launch titles probably could move if they need to. Like I'm sure, I'm sure like when Halo Infinite got delayed and Arcane might have been having the conversations with PlayStation of like, hey, this isn't gonna make it. Halo Infinite's delay probably made them go like, all right, it's a bummer, but it's not dire. Like we 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 still have Miles Morales, we still have uh you know Buck Snacks and Playroom, and of course we're having our third parties with Assassin's Creed and other games. Like no. it's not gonna be dire if Deathloop gets gets to delayed. be clear. We don't know that any of those games are actually coming out at launch. They've not said these games Fair. are gonna be day one for this. But system. you can assume. Yes. You can assume for the most part. I, I would assume I there's probably pull- a lot of internal discussions happening at Sony being like, well, does is was like let hypothetically, is Ratchet coming to launch or is Spider-Man coming to launch? We don't want two insomniac games of that same yeah. day. Like I mean, Ratchet's not gonna be until like next year though. Do you think? I think so. Did they not did they not give a year? Did they not say twenty twenty one? They did not. Okay. I'm still I'm still assuming it's not gonna be launched. Yeah. I would still I would say twenty twenty one for sure. The only thing explicitly that we know is not launch is or of Sony's first party slate, I should say. It's Horizon. It's Horizon, yeah. Mm-hmm. The rest of the stuff, Demons, Ratchet, Miles Morales. Miles Morales at least has a target window of end of, uh, last quarter of this year. Yeah, yeah, holiday. So that could most likely is launch, but they've not said that yet. And I think they're they are probably still quite internally worried about like their own games slipping at this point. I would say 
if I was PlayStation, like you don't need to to beef up your launch that much. Like I don't, I'm I'm always uh or for this console launch specifically, I've been of the mind that like historically console launches haven't been great if you're not Nintendo. Like Nintendo is mm-hmm. like the one company that always has a banger at launch for the most part. Maybe not with the Wii U, but like Breath of the Wild with the Switch, uh, Wii Sports, I guess with the Wii, uh, Mario sixty four with with the N sixty four, right? Like I can't remember. I can remember if Melee came out at launch with GameCube or not, but like generally generally they have nintendo has really good launches but playstation and xbox mostly playstation because i know xbox has had had halo on the playstation side there's never really been a huge like big old launch exclusive that is like a, a system seller like they never really have that at launch from the first party side and I don't necessarily see there be, uh, being a reason this time around, especially now that Halo Infinite has been delayed, to like bolster up that launch library like that. Like you don't necessarily need a Spider-Man and a Ratchet or a Spider-Man and a um, uh, I'm trying to think of the, any God of War, even though God of War doesn't exist yet. Like mm. you know, you don't ne- you don't you don't necessarily need multiple heavy hitters. I think with Miles Morales and Astro and the indie games that you had announced at the PlayStation Five event, like you're pretty much good to go from there launch titles matter greatly in the lead up to launch and the day of launch and then matter a lot less as you go further from it so it's like yes like i'm sitting here thinking about launch and i i have a decent knowledge of launch titles but you're right most of them don't actually very few launch titles are games that you at the end of the generation go yeah this is one of the best games this generation or the best game for this console and I think if you don't have anything, then that becomes a problem. Like uh, the N64 launch where it was Mario 64 and Pilot Wings. Yeah, you had one of the best games ever, but also it was only two games launching a system and that like set a tone for the rest of that console. On the other hand, the Switch, if it didn't launch with Breath of the Wild, it didn't have that really amazing first year, probably would not have gotten the momentum to keep selling that well. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, like we, talking hypotheticals, we can disagree about like what, what direction it would have gone all day. But I do think that you do need something for people to come home and like bring home. That's like, I, I know Mike and them call, talked about in the Xcast uh, this past weekend. But that's kind of the kind of thing that I kind of worry about the Xbox One with, of like, or Xbox Series X. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure, Halo is not going to make or break it depending on when it comes out. But you do want something for people to be able to play. And usually third parties pick up that slack, and I don't think they're really doing that well, or doing doing a good slack picking up job uh, yeah. this winter. Yeah, this time around, I feel like yeah, there's less of that focus on third parties as as opposed to last generation, where like I remember I remember coming into PS4 being like, oh man, this Watch Dogs game looks like it's about to change the world, and Watch Dogs came out and it's like, all right, this is a very fine game. And also, um, but, it was like, the late past launch, it was j- the first. Oh yeah, it was the late past launch, wasn't it? Yeah. But yeah, like this time around, this seems like there are a lot there are there are a lot less watchdogs, even though we literally do have a watchdogs coming out this fall. Um, and a lot more like, hey, yeah, like th- we do have an Assassin's Creed, we do have a bunch of indie games uh, that like are not necessarily confirmed for launch, but like we have an idea that Bug Snacks is going to be launch window, right? Like that that they said twenty twenty for that, they said twenty twenty for um, God, I can't like say all of them off the top of my head, but like quite a few of those PlayStation indie games we know are coming out. I can't remember yeah. if Jet the Far Shore is this year or not. Um, I suspect indie games are going to be less likely to be impacted by COVID because they're smaller teams or people who are probably already well used to working to- remotely together. Yeah. So, like, Arcane, they, they imply, or did they imply or directly say in the Dishon- or not Dishonored, uh, Deathloop thing that, yeah, 
COVID's a problem. And yeah. we're not we're not used to it. We're not used to working from home. And this like the diaspora of a larger studio is probably going to hurt them more than like like the young horses like the, the Bugs Max the team. three person team or like yeah. yeah, a team that is probably working from home anyway, you know, all yeah. things considered. So I su- I suspect indie games are going to be the big like what's the word the big reason to buy a console yeah. assuming those games are exclusive which we don't really know for sure but i'm guessing they are oh yeah like a lot of the i'm i'm referring specifically to the ones that are announced at the playstation event in june yeah. and most of those if not all of them uh are exclusive or at the very least timed exclusive like there's some sort of thing tied to pretty much most of them uh, on the topic, though, of exclusives and death loop and delays, Frank Furter writes in to patreon.com slash games, just like you can, and says, Morning Blessing and Imran, Deathloop is the latest game to get to get the delay treatment in the shit storm that is 2020. While it's only a few months, uh, that this leaves us with a legit... Ha- ha- hold up. While it's only a few months, this leaves us with a legit handful of new games coming out later this fall with the new console release. The few games I can think that will launch with the new consoles are uh, supposed to be Spider-Man, Cyberpunk, and the new Assassin's Creed, which we didn't talk about Cyberpunk that much, and that's actually a good point to that. It's going to be timed around launch. Yeah, but there's a reason we don't talk about it. It's because it's not a next-gen game. Yeah, that's actually a good point. There's an update coming at some point, but they've not... Like, it could be a week... It could be the day those consoles arrive, it could be three months later. But, like, when you buy Cyberpunk, it'll say Xbox One or PS4 on top of it. I have a few questions when it comes to these games and the console release. One, will any of these three games above get delayed into 2021? Two, do the delays of all the recent games take the pressure take pressure off consumers to buy to buy on day one when there are a few new games to play with their new console? And then three, will the new consoles be delayed as well? Not only due to production delays and the fact that we'll have uh, not only due to production delays and the fact that we'll we'll have a week launch lineup. Thanks for all you do, Frank Furter. Three very different questions. We can tackle them in any order. As I don't, far, I don't think it. Cyberpunk or Assassin's Creed will get delayed. I think those games are locked. Those are, I, I say that, and I bet the second we end the show, it's going to be like, Cyberpunk delayed 2021. Yeah, because that's I what think, happens every single time. <laughs> I don't think those two games are, will get delayed. I think Spider-Man, if it if it's not in the polishing phase by now, I, I, I... Yeah, I th- I'm confident Spider-Man's 2020. I-, I would bet that's the thing they started as soon as that last game was finished, and it should be like ready to go by the time that game launches. And if it's not ready to go now, I'm sure Sony's going to make sure it's ready to go. Out of out of the three games, Spider-Man, Cyberpunk, and, and Assassin's Creed, I honestly see Cyberpunk is the one that's the most likely to get delayed into 2021. Um, one because like they've shown us before that they're not afraid to delay it. Two out of these three, I'd say that is the most ambitious one in terms of what you're doing with the systems and things that can go wrong in terms of bugs and, and things that would need technical fixing. Um, but then also, like that's the one that I think is less is the least um, uh, bogged down in terms of the time the time frame it needs to come out. Like Spider-Man and Miles Morales, that is being timed as a launch game, and I think that game that game being delayed, it's not the end of the world for the PS5, but that is a blow to the console launch, and I'm, and Sony doesn't want that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like that game that game is important, right? Outside of just itself, Assassin's Creed, like Assassin's Creed, comes out like clockwork uh, at this point. Like it is, uh, um, you know, you're on, you're on, you're off, you're on, you're on, you're off, right? And like they've they've hit that cycle pretty well for the last three entries three four entries and like assassin's creed historically i don't think has ever really 
seen a big push or a big delay since they've started started their consistent cycle. Like mm-hmm. if anything, they've 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 shifted structures of how they're gonna come out, right? And they started taking years off after after being yearly, but they've they've not necessarily deviated from a planned thing. And so how would, how would you gauge your Assassin's Creed excitement level out of curiosity? I so after playing Ghost of Tsushima, it actually skyrocketed. Historically, I am not a not an Assassin's Creed person. I played a few of them, and I just didn't. I was not vibing with them. And I know the newer Assassin's Creed games do a different thing than the older ones, which is like the main thing that is getting me somewhat interested. After playing Ghost of Tsushima, I was like, "Oh man, is I could I I apparently like open world games where you're just like going off a checklist more than I thought, you know? Because like that was that was the main thing about Assassin's Creed I wasn't into, like the idea of it's very formulaic and it is an open world ass open world game and you're doing you're going through the motions you're doing the thing it's the same thing every single time um yeah playing ghost of Tsushima is the thing that kind of opened my opened up my i guess heart to it a bit that said as i've come down off of that ghost of Tsushima high i've also gotten i've also started to anticipate the next assassin's creed less knowing how busy of a fall it is like even just today we're gonna get to it later in new dates but with the nin, nin- uh, they're not calling it Nindies anymore. With the Indie World event, Nintendo announced a bunch of games that are out later today. And I'm like, ooh, I want to play Manifold Garden. I want to play um, uh, like Samurai Jack when that comes out. I want to play Mortal Shell because I have that downloading on my PS4 right now. I want to finish Persona 5 Royal. I want to play EA UFC 4 because I, I love the UFC UFC games. And like, I'm I'm at the point where I'm like, man, realistically, I'm not going to be able to do all the things I want to. And this fall with Assassin's Creed Valhalla, that's a game that I am somewhat interested in, but not like all about. Like, I'm not Greg Miller who loves uh, Odyssey, right? Like, I'm just a person who's like, ooh, yeah, if I have time, I want to play that game. But I'm at the point now where I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to have time if I'm being honest with myself. Yeah, I mean, I'm Assassin's Creed, I feel like that's a game I'm probably going to pick up and play. But I'm like, every time I look at footage of it, I'm like, this is fine. I'm, I, I I will play this when it is put in front of me. It's the equivalent of like that one place that has good food or decent food, but it's not amazing. And you'll never go out of your way to get there. Mm-hmm. It's just sort of like okay, cool. Somebody brought this food home. I'll I'll eat it. That's it's it. like whenever when we're in the kind of funny office uh, physically. It's like whenever people would be like, hey, do you want to order some something off of uh, Uber Eats? Right? Do we want to get some delivery food? And it's like. Dude, on a regular day, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm, you know, getting squat and gobble or whatever that, that restaurant is that we usually get. But like, you know, if the company's paying for it, hey, you know, I'm yeah. all about it. Let's get some squat and gobble. Yeah. Um, to the, so we just answered Frankfurter's first question. I'm going to jump to the third question, which is, do we think the consoles will get delayed as well with all these game delays and with everything going on in the world? No, I think we, what we talked about, like launches, don't matter that much. What matters is being out at Christmas or being out for Christmas. I think this year is weird. So it's like, it's hard to say, you know, with certainty what will happen. I would, I think they are going to just go with it and get the boxes out there and get what they can get produced out there. So they don't have to worry about it later. So it's not a thing of they're waiting on a boat from china with a like with consoles on it to come to america because that could take three to four months to actually get here they are going to just put these things on the shelves and hope for the best i think people understand this is not a wii u situation where they release a launch game then release nothing for for eight months Mm -hmm. i think people will understand that there's not a ton of momentum coming out of these consoles but i think people will still want them and people are still going to go like okay 
maybe it's not a huge launch, but let's just like it still has Madden, it still has the NBA 2K, it has all these games that we want. So might as well just get this one. Also, I think yeah. it might depend. Like, this may be a weird thing to say because I don't want to insist that people are like using this money extraneously, but I think if there's an extra stimulus package in the end of this year, then I think that's going to help the new consoles quite a bit. Mm. Yeah, I, I think in terms of consoles being delayed, it is. I'm not going to say it's impossible, but very unlikely just because that's such a huge ship to move. You know, I think I think if we're in a situation where consoles get delayed, it would have to be a situation where both Sony and Microsoft either have conversations behind doors or like some kind of agreement is made that, hey, we're both shifting together. Like, I don't think you see one shift and not the other, because like yeah. the I, I think one one company is going to get screwed in that situation uh, as far as like the, the long term implications of one new console being out and the other not. Yeah. Um, and I so like I if Sony had announced a delay six months ago, Microsoft would have been like right there, right on. Yeah, it. exactly. Especially with like Halo Infinite and like the, the developers uh, probably wanting more delays than not at this point, so they can actually yeah. have time to get their get their stuff finished. Uh, but yeah, I think it, I think it would take something like that. Like you got to also think about how we have games that are coming out this fall for new consoles that are relying on on uh, those consoles actually being out in the wild to sell their software, right? Like if I know most of the indie games from the PS5 thing are coming out for both platforms, PS4 and PS5. But like, think about the games that are, that are going to be exclusive to next gen that are planned for this fall or early next year, right? If the consoles get delayed, that then means, hey, you're not getting your, your paycheck or whatever, or like something, or somehow down the line, that is gonna that is gonna come back and affect you. And it's like, how many people, like, what what is the ripple effect if consoles somehow get delayed to, let's say? um like may next year like what does that do um and again i don't think it's impossible but it's just a very big ship to move that i don't know is worth moving it like i I think at this point you're just like hey let's release and what happens happens like we kind of got to roll with the punches yeah i think it's a weird year and they're everyone just has to like end up dealing with that and i think it's i i i could see games getting delayed but i don't see consoles getting delayed yeah and then to Frankfurter's second question here, uh, do the delays of all the recent games take pressure off consumers to buy on day one when there are a few new games to play with a new console? And I think the short answer is like, yeah. Yeah. Like it, if somebody's looking forward to Deathloop as the game to play at launch and Deathloop gets delayed, it's like, I guess I can wait to get the thing. Yeah. Here's the thing. Like for us, it's our job to buy these consoles. But for you, unless you have like a really good reason to do it, and sometimes even just I want to own the new th- new thing is a good enough reason. If that's it for you, go crazy. But the launch of a console is the worst it will be in terms of features and games, and the most expensive it will ever be. So mm. if if you don't have a good reason to buy at launch, then don't like yeah. don't don't feel pressure. Don't feel like you're don't feel the FOMO of like oh I wish I was playing this along with other people. Honestly, yeah. like there's not there's not really that game this time around. Even Miles Morales, that game will be just as good a year later if you buy it then. Exactly, I, right? It, like the PS5 is not necessary for you until you really want a game on it. Yeah, and I'm I'm trying to find a list of games that are coming out for the rest of the year. Um because like you said, right? There's not really the big like the big game I can think of that's coming out this fall is Cyberpunk and that's coming out for PS4 and Xbox 1. Right. There's yeah. not really an exclusive game outside of something like Spider-Man Miles Morales, which like 
you know, exciting. I'm I'm very much looking forward to that game. I don't know if, if I was in a, if I was in a situation where I had to choose. Hey, do I want to spend my money on a new PS uh, PS5 and Miles Morales, or do I want to, you know, use money for other things? Right, like it's not it's not necessarily a dire situation, you know. Of hey, I got to get these consoles out uh, consoles right away because again, looking at this list, right? There's Cyberpunk, there's Assassin's Creed, Microsoft Flight Simulator, which I think is already out actually. Uh, Tell Me Why, Wasteland Three, Marvel's Avengers again, current gen, Splunky Two. Crash Bandicoot, current gen, Watch Dogs Legion, current gen, uh, uh, Dirt 5, you know, which is current and next gen, Godfall, but I don't know, I don't know anybody who is like, I'm going to buy a new console for Godfall. Like, Godfall <laughs> is a game that's going to be there once you get a new console. It's the definition uh, of, like, this is the game that you, like, oh, well, Deathloop was delayed, I guess I'll get Godfall. Yeah, and, like, you know, Outriders, and I think Godfall might be free to play now that I think about it. And so, like, is that it- might just be... A, uh, you know, I'm not gonna say that because I'm, I'm not positive. It might not be free to play. It strikes me as a game that maybe should be free to play. It, yeah. Is there a game that like an announced game that if that game gets announced for launch, you're like, oh yeah, for like put a, the job aside. If there was a game that this is announced for launch, it's okay. Yeah, no, I have to get it at launch because for me that game is Demon Souls. Oh yeah, I mean for me that game would be God of War too. It was something uh, of that look. Then yes. I have to get a PS5 at launch for God of War well, 2. Like, or like, even games. like it was a Spider-Man 2. Of announced games? Yeah. Um, maybe Horizon? Maybe. Like Horizon Forbidden West? Yeah. But actually, no. Ratchet and Clank is a game I'm really looking forward to. Like, for me, that is a game that I'm like, all right, I'm showing up at launch to play that game. If that game came out at launch. Yeah, I could see that. That game looks cool. But yeah, I'm, there's I'm not just... many of those, though. Insomniac holding this launch up by themselves. For real, man. Sad to Insomniac. Uh, on the same topic, though, of delays, story number two, Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe has also been delayed. Uh, and this is going to is a quick one because it is literally just following up on the um, Arcane uh, Deathloop situation. But they tweeted out uh, they tweeted out the delay in a funny way where they tweeted out a screenshot that or not even a screenshot, like basically a, an image that is the delay, like, hey, the, the letter to our community kind of thing. But for the image they tweeted out, I looked at it and I was like, "This doesn't really, sc- this doesn't scream Stanley Parable to me." And I read through it and I'm like, "This looks familiar, but I don't know where this is from." <laughs> and basically, they took they uh, they took what I believe is the Halo image for Halo's delay. I think it could be something else too, but I'm assuming this is Halo. And they just replaced the text with Stanley Parable over like all the other mentions of the game. They did it for Halo, and then they followed up with another one that was the Stanley Parable or not Stanley Parable, the um, Death Loop uh, delay text delay image put put uh their game over it and basically just made a bunch of parody images of hey our game's getting delayed and so yeah stanley parable also delayed to 2021 they also said it was spider-man so maybe they're yeah. just anticipating a delay there but they've they've done a spider-man image as well yes and so shout out to crows 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 for being very funny um stanley parable deluxe coming 2021 looking forward to it that's not necessarily as uh i mean i'm excited for it but i'm not yeah. it's not like a in our conversation with console sellers, it's not going to be that necessarily for me. Um, and it's coming out on PS4 anyway, so. Yeah. They didn't announce a delay for, God, a Tokyo, Tokyo Ghostwire. But I don't know that they actually announced a date for that either. So uh, For Ghostwire Tokyo? Yeah. It, yes, that was it. I think they announced it for 2021. Okay. I think. Maybe that game oh, yeah. pushed, moved up or pushed further because of the, the Deathloop delay. Who the knows? Deathloop thing? Yeah, who knows? That'd be inter- that'd be an interesting one. 
um just like just to see how what what the time frame of it is like you don't want to necessarily see that come out the same day as Deathloop. i don't i think that game is a lot further out than they think or they're saying because you don't have a creative director leave amongst very i don't want to say suspicious but like question make are raising circumstances and well, that game be exactly the same she came out and like she announced that she was like having a kid, right? Like, was right. I'm, I and I but assume she was, she was looking for work right after that thing, though. She was saying like, "Hey, if anyone has a thing, like, I I'd love yeah. to be a part of that." I don't think I that does not answer that question. I don't think. Okay, interesting. Let's get into story number three. Uh, Batman developer Rocksteady has been accused of failing to address sexual harassment. This is from Ethan Gotch at Kotaku. Female staff members at Rocksteady Studios, best known for Batman Arkham series, sent a letter to management back in 2018 complaining about sexual harassment, according to a new report by The Guardian. The letter, reportedly signed by 10 of the 16 women on staff uh, at the time, cited a number of persistent issues, including transphobic slurs, derogatory and sexually explicit remarks about women, and sexual harassment that included unwanted advancement. Uh, unwanted advances leering at parts of, of a woman's body and inappropriate comments in the office the guardian reports this misconduct reportedly also filtered into rocksteady's games which include hypersexualized versions of batman characters like poison ivy and catwoman according to one of the guardian sources to address the issues raised in the letter rocksteady held a single company-wide hour-long training seminar Employees had to sign a statement confirming they had, they had participated in the training, but according to the source, nothing else appeared to be done to address the problems. Quote, it felt that it was just a way for them to cover their asses, uh, end quote, said the source. A spokesperson from Rocksteady told The Guardian in a statement, quote, from, one, uh, from day one at Rocksteady Studios, we set out to create a place where people are looked after, a place fundamentally built on respect and inclusion. The statement went on, quote, in 2018, we received a letter from, from some of our female employees expressing concerns they had at the time, and we immediately took firm measures to address the, ma the matters that were raised. Over the subsequent two years, uh, we, have, we've, we have carefully listened to and learned from our employees, working to ensure every person on the team feels supported. In 2020, we are more passionate than ever to continue to, to develop our inclusive culture, and we're determined to stand up for all our staff, end quote. Rocksteady reportedly called an all-hands meeting Thursday to specifically respond to the 2018 letter for the first time after it was contacted about these issues by The Guardian. There, the studio reportedly pledged to take further steps. Rocksteady did not immediately respond to a request by Kotaku for comment. Again, this is like this is this is kind of like the story of the industry at this point. Like we've been talking about this for weeks and months and years on end. Um, but yeah, this is like this this is one of those ones where I'm like, all right, cool, do better. Like you know, I. 10 out of 16 of the women on staff like signing the letter to be like hey yeah it's shitty here like that is a that is like a damning number yeah one because that's not that many women that, that are working at your huge studio but then also like that is most of them that, ha that yeah, have this thing to say i saw either in this story or another one but they mentioned that the women who were complaining about it didn't just didn't leave because they were told they wouldn't get credit for justice league or not just like a suicide squad mm -hmm. like that's just that seems like it's a incredibly fucked up scenario all around yeah. so i don't know it's not like like i said when i say it's not shocking it's not that i think rocksteady is inherently bad or anything but like this games industry needs to do better yeah it's a regular story in the in the industry like reading this it's like i'm not shocked by it right i'm shocked by it in the sense of man how dare we allow this happen in the industry but i i'm not shocked by it in the sense of 
yeah, this is a regular thing that happens in the industry. Uh, and it's it's always kind of hard to wrap our mind around it around it from the outside looking in because so much of this has to do with culture, right? So much of this has to do with how are you creating an environment that is good for everybody to work at, right? How are you creating an environment that doesn't suck to work at if you're a woman or if you're a trans person or if you're you are whoever? Um, and like, yeah, like just doing. I feel like the training thing is kind of a standard response for big corporations. Like I can't tell you how many times at previous jobs where I like had did whatever training, right? Sexual harassment training via like an online portal that took mm. five minutes to do. And it's like, all right, cool. That that's how we're handling this as a company is that we're giving you this thing to uh, to take for five minutes. Boom. Like we dust our hands off. We've watched, we've done what we, what we, what we can do uh, as a company. Like it's not, it's, it's not enough, right? You got to hire people. Uh, you got to change the culture, which is just extremely hard to do. Yeah, you got to change the culture, which starts kind of starts from the top down, right? Like you got to make sure the people that you're hiring and like the people at the top are enforcing enforcing that stuff, right? Making sure that people aren't doing these shitty things, right? Like in the in the in the article, like you got to make sure people aren't talking shady about women or making uh, transphobic comments or like you know staring at women in ways that are inappropriate. Like you got to make sure that stuff is enforced, and that comes from the top down. Yeah. So, story number four uh the apple versus epic saga continues uh this comes in the form of an article from rebecca valentine of gamesindustry.biz where she writes about how apple is terminating epic developer accounts in tools access apple is preparing to terminate all developer accounts and cut off ios and mac development tool access from epic games following a growing legal conflict between the two tech giants over revenue share and platform policies in a tweet today from the from the official Epic Games news account, the company said it was filing a motion for a temporary restraining order against Apple to prevent it from cutting off its development access, which Apple apparently plans to do on August 28th. In, in its notice, Epic attests that this action by Apple would cause irreparable harm to Epic, including cutting off future development and updates on Unreal Engine for the platform, preventing developers making preventing developers making apps on Unreal from having access to newer versions, forcing them to move to other engines. The motion also moves to prevent Apple from delisting Fortnite from the App Store, an action that the iPhone maker already took last week. The conflict between Epic and Apple kicked off last week when Epic Games implemented a pay payment option in Fortnite on the App Store and Google Play, bypassing the store payment payment methods and allowing users to pay, pay Epic directly while offering a discount for doing so. Apple has responded with a statement, quote, the App Store is designed to be safe, to be a safe and trusted uh, place for users and a great business opportunity for all developers. Epic has been one of the most successful developers on the App Store, growing into a multi-billion dollar business that reaches millions of iOS customers around the world. We very much want to keep the company as part of the Apple developer program and their apps on the store. The problem Epic has created for itself is one that can be easily remedied if they submit and update other app that reverts it to comply with the guidelines they agreed to and which, which apply to all developers. We won't make it an exception for Epic because we don't think it's right to put their business interests ahead of the guidelines that protect our customers, end quote. And Ron, I know for a fact that you've been following this saga. What is your take on it and on these latest developments? Never underestimate Apple's ability to make just the completely worst decision. Mm -hmm. Like this was this was a thing that should have gotten just handled by a settlement between the two or like in the courts if they really wanted to push it that far. This 
is them going nuclear in a way that complete like whether or not you think Apple or Epic is wrong or Epic got Apple <laughs> Epic is wrong or <laughs> Apple is wrong, then this was the, just a bad decision regardless of which way you think it should go. This was a way that like they they've now put pushed a button that can't be unpushed because if they don't go through with this, then they look weak and then they're going to have to make an exception. If they do go through with it, and they kind of prove Epic's point that yeah. they are this walled garden that they have is just a maybe not monopolistic in the sense of like the legal definition of it, but mm-hmm. in a way that like legislation will eventually have to catch up to. And this is a good thing to point to from like Epic's perspective of hey, look at what they're doing. The second they feel like they don't want us involved in their or we're not hewing to their rules or whatever, they're just cutting us off completely. The Major problem for Apple here. Let's assume that they do go through with this, which I maybe they will, maybe they won't. But let's assume that they do. Unreal is an engine that is supported on iPhones, and it's supported in a way that like Epic needs access to those developer tools to continue making that engine work. Right now, everything that works like it's not going to be a kill switch that the second uh, all the dev tools get cut off, everything will stop working. Mm. But if iOS changes something, which happens all the time, like a game starts crashing because there's a fundamental change in iOS or even like a small thing, Epic needs to be able to make those adjustments to the engine. And thus every game that isn't, or that is on Unreal Engine on iOS becomes hard to use because of Apple's, Apple's decision here, which makes it so, okay, so they kept a 30% from these places, but now places are abandoning them in mass or choosing not to be a part of Apple Arcade or whatever because they became part of a crossfire in a billionaire slap fight. Yeah. This has been very fascinating to watch uh, from almost like the chess move aspect of it. It very much seems like both companies are being very strategic and playing chess with each other. And I, I feel like Epic is kind of playing the better game here, but we're going to see how this ends up because like between the two, right? Apple is kind of in the in the position of power here in terms of you know what what they can do and how they can maneuver like at the end of the day epic did kind of say yes to those guidelines right when they put their game on game on the store but those guidelines are shitty uh i remember uh, so on one of my previous episodes of kfgd like i i kind of went off about pro-consumer versus anti-consumer and how companies aren't really companies aren't your friends right like it's it's hard for me to really root for one billion dollar corporation over the other and i kind of don't i'm not really taking sides in the fight though i am i will take a side in the sense that i think at the end of the day if epic gets what epic wants that is going to be better for the the industry at large yeah uh, because that that's, is going to mean like better payouts for developers that's going to mean like you know that that's going to mean in the spirit in, in the spirit of the word mo- monopolistic right apple's not going to be able to have that power anymore uh, over developers and, and 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 what they dictate be on their app store or not, um, especially given that their 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 app store is the only way that you can have games and apps on their platform. Um, right. So to see that stuff open up, I think is going to be great if Epic is gonna, is able to have their way. Yeah, that's the thing that gets lost in this discussion is that like, yes, Epic's motivations aren't great, and Tim Sweeney actually fucking subtweeted me about this, which is. Hilarious. I saw this. But, yeah, <laughs> like, uh, but their motivations are their motivations are for self benefit. But the end result would actually be better for everyone who was. It'd be that great. Point. Like, 
if we're being if we're being completely honest about this, right? And I and I think like as a corporation, you can do both things, right? As as Epic, you can do both things. You could make you could be making this move because you're like, hey, we're gonna make way more money if we're able to like break down the barrier of the thirty percent and like charge people directly in our in our app and bypass bypass the app store in that way. Like that is gonna be that is gonna be very beneficial to Epic in the short run and in the long run, but also that's gonna be beneficial to everybody like everybody yeah. everybody who is not apple that is gonna be very beneficial to you um and so i think you could be doing it in a way well i think epic sees the fact that what they're doing here is good for everybody and they're taking advantage of that in their marketing and in the way they are trying to hashtag free fortnite and all this stuff right like it they're very they they're very aware of what they're doing and how they're doing it and honestly i, I respect the chess game portion like aspect of it i respect how they're approaching the situation of being like we can get people on our side and if we get enough people on our side we can break these walls down um but yeah like it is there are those two sides of it i i think it's impressive the way they did that i think it also kind of sucks because like they're weaponizing a an army of children really to like attack apple and like there was a very specific point in the blog post they made about it where they linked the apple uh, uh the app store twitter account and that to me is saying they know people are going to add that account and they're going to like harass that account. And they think oh, yeah. that's a, a, they believe that weapon is a useful tool in their scabbard. And I think that kind of sucks. Well, we talked, we talked about this a little bit uh, when this was first starting to happen, right? When, when Epic first uh, bypassed Apple's, uh, uh, I keep wanting to call it the Play Store because they have Android mm-hmm. and I know it's just called the App Store. When they bypassed the App Store, right, and started, started to do their thing. Me, I think both me and Greg, or it might have just been me, were like, hey, they can't, if a- Apple can't like get rid of Fortnite, right? Because that'll cause a huge stir and that'll cause basically an army of people to stand up and be angry and, and get mad. And as soon as they did, I was like, huh. And very, like, very, you can very, very easily see that Epic do that as well because immediately they did the 1980 Fortnite thing. Immediately they went to the game, did the event. And of course, like, who's playing their game? A bunch of kids, a bunch of adult, adults too, but like, you know that they are they are weaponizing their audience in a way that on one hand i get why they do it because that is going to what what is going to allow them to win right getting as many people upset about this as possible on the other hand yeah it's kind of like oh like you're you're making like teenagers fight your battles for you with 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 like doing the hashtags and having this be in game and all that stuff like part of it is kind of gross but hey entertaining to watch to say the least like (laughs) i'm uh, it, I'm I'm curious to see how this plays out uh, because I yeah. on one hand I do want Epic to win this battle uh, it, yeah. so that it, we can get the benefits of that. This was kind of boring up until Epic did. Uh, uh, I keep doing that up until Apple did this move, and I think this move is going to be like, oh, you ex- you escalated this into a situation that is not going to end well for all parties when it yes. could have easily been like one that they had to settle and just been fine with. Yes. So we'll have to stay tuned and see. I'm sure there are going to be more Epic versus Apple news stories to come in Kind of Funny Games Daily in the next weeks and the next weeks to come. I think I said that right. Story number five, a Firewatch movie is in the works. Again, this is from Mia Galupo at Hollywood Reporter. Snoot Entertainment, the indie production banner behind features like Blindspotting and Little Monsters, is partnering with indie video game developer Campo Santo for a feature film adaptation of Firewatch. Set in the Wyoming wilderness in 1989, the story centers on a fire lookout named Henry, connected via a handheld radio to his supervisor, Delilah. Henry ventures from his mountaintop 
or yeah, from his mountaintop into the unknown terrain below, uncovering clues about a mysterious occurrence while facing challenging personal choices. The critically acclaimed game was released in February 2016, which man, that was a long time ago. It feels like that game came out yesterday. This game came out four years ago uh, and has since sold over 2.5 million copies. Firewatch was previously being developed by Good Universe, but when the company sold to Lionsgate, the right the rights reverted back to Campo Santo. Imran, does this strike you as something that's exciting? Are you into Firewatch at all? I played the game. I don't remember much about it, but I played it. I the only thing that's interesting to me about this really is that so the the movie rights were from at Good Universe reverted or the company was sold to Lionsgate, reverted back mm-hmm. to Campo Santo, which I assume means that Valve owns the rights now. I thought so, about that, and I have no idea how that works. So, yeah, so I guess this is the first Valve produced movie. Or not produced, but like Valve licensed movie? In a way. Like, yeah. It's weird that it wasn't Team Fortress. Yeah. I, I feel like Team Fortress would have been like the, the first one. Or Half like Half Life. Or, or yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Fascinating. Yeah. So I I, I love uh love Firewatch. I I'm kind of on the team of why do we need to make movies out of everything? That said, like a Firewatch movie, I guess could be cool, but do we really need a Firewatch movie? Like when I, I think would... of the story of Firewatch. I think of the game, right? Like that was a narrative game. And so do I need that narrative told me in a, in a different way? That's kind of where I'm at. I would watch a Firewatch Pixar short. Like for sure. Yes. That would be the way I'd want it. Yes. T- something tells me that this is probably going to be live action, which I am not looking forward to. Yeah. A live action Firewatch seems like a thing that would be like, I would look at it at Netflix and then a trailer would start playing and I would just move on to the next thing. Like yeah. not that it's bad. It's just like, I don't know. I'm not ready to commit to this for the next two hours. Imran, this is the part of the show where I'd usually be like, oh, man, I'm excited for the next Firewatch movie, but it's so far away. But before I do that, I want to tell you about our sponsor. Of course, you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, this episode of kind of funny games daily is brought to you by DoorDash. Between never ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you've got plenty on your to do list. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Let me tell you, I am a big user of DoorDash. Ever since uh, quarantine started, I, one, I'm going to be honest, I got a little bit lazy. I was like, all right, you know what? I'm sad all the time. Do I really want to spend my time cooking when I could be spending that same time napping? No, I'm going to order some DoorDash, take a nap, wake up to food, food that is sat right outside my front door. And let me tell you, man, it's been a great experience. Uh, they have like the, they have basically like a premium version of DoorDash, which lets you bypass like delivery fees. It's awesome. I've been getting a lot of sushi lately. And oh man, there's nothing like sushi delivered right to your door. Let me tell you, DoorDash is amazing. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code GAMES. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code GAMES. Don't forget, that's code GAMES for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Imran. We talk about chicken sandwiches pretty much every time on this show. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I, mean, I did bring up chicken sandwiches this time around. I skipped the. I, I was going to talk about the chicken sandwich part in the uh, uh, in the ad because that's what we have written down here. But one, I was like, oh, I can actually talk about this one. But then two, sadly enough, right, they mentioned Popeye's chicken sandwiches. They don't mention the Jollibee's chicken sandwiches, which is the one we should be talking about on this show because it is the superior chicken sandwich. <laughs> that's right. I said it. No, we, we've we've. I was going to say we had this argument, but it wasn't really an argument. It was just us talking about chicken sandwiches that are good. Oh, yeah. All chicken sandwiches are valid in some way. Just some are better than others. And I'm going to be honest. I'm a phony here, right? Like, I'm, 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 I'm doing what I hate when people do this, right? I'm not, I've not actually had the Popeye's chicken sandwich. So I'm going to come out and be honest. I've not had it, but I have had the Jollibee's chicken sandwich. And I will say it is the best chicken sandwich that I've had. It's very hard for me to believe that a Popeye's chicken sandwich could take that thing out. Am I right, Kevin? Uh, you trying to go to Popeyes or what's up? I can, I, dude. I'll hit up. We should actually make this into a thing. We go to we go to Popeyes. We go to Jollibee's. We have a taste test. Because I, I, see which I one just, is better. Last week we talked about it, and I actually went to yeah. Jollibee's after after same here. Show. Oh, nice, good job. Yeah, and uh, yeah, man, Sadly those yum burgers are delicious. You know what I mean? They're nasty and dude. they're good. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean, Imran. I'm really excited to see when we do this Jollibee's versus uh, Popeyes chicken sandwich taste test but that is probably so far away if i want to know what's coming out to mama grab shops today where did i look the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the kind of funny games that we show host each and every weekday today it's a really awesome release day let me tell you uh rogue legacy 2 is out today for pc i didn't realize that holy shit yeah i'm gonna buy rogue legacy 2 today I'm going to wait for it to come to Vita because that is the only correct place to play Rogue Legacy. Uh, Manifold Garden is out today on Xbox One and actually out today also on Switch as they announced during the Nintendo uh, Indie World. Even the Ocean is out today on PS4. Death and Request 2 is out for PC. Pathfinder Kingmaker is out for PS4 and Xbox One. Helheim Hassle is out for Xbox One, Switch, PC, and Mac. Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020 is out for PC. That got a 10 out of 10 from IGN, yeah. and so I might be checking that one out it's even though I have a... What was that one of the best rated games of the year so far? Yeah, like, I think which is two wild. Or three. Yeah, uh, I, I I realized recently that I think I might have a fear of heights because I watched a video <laughs> on Twitter that absolutely terrified me. Of uh, there was a there were people who were like crossing a bridge in, in in Chicago and the bridge got lifted as they're crossing, so they're caught at the top of it when it lifted, and like they're like recording on their phone, like having a good time. They're like, oh, we got. We got trapped by the bridge right at the top and like looking down and being like, oh, look how high up we are. I watched that video and I, I've never had such chills like feed through my body in a way where I was like, I could never be in that situation because I'll pass out immediately. Uh, that said, Microsoft Flight Simulator might be my, my way of conquering that fear. <laughs> you know, face it head on, fly the skies, Bing Maps, you know, all that good stuff. Mortal Shell is out today on PS4, Xbox One, That's PC. Good. Uh, and that I have that downloading as we speak, and I cannot yeah, wait to jump same. into it. My universe, my baby, is out for Switch. <laughs> Paper Shakespeare, The Legend of Rainbow Hollow is out for PC. Fishhead Blueprint is out for PC. And then uh, Kingdom of Heroes, Tactics War is now, now available on iOS and Android. New dates for you. Uh, Deathloop and Stanley Parable, of course, have been delayed to 2021. Uh, out September 3rd, The Furious Wild is the first expansion for Total War Three Kingdoms, introducing four new factions and an extension to the sprawling map of 3rd century China. 
And then Hypno Space Outlaws coming to Nintendo Switch for it's, it's coming to Nintendo Switch, Xbox Game Pass, and PS4 on August 27th. And then I, I have a Nintendo Indie World wrap up here for you oh, uh, for new before dates. we do that blessing do we mm-hmm. as you you as host you make the call but people have told me that the trailer for my universe my baby is extremely cursed kevin so, we need we, a, we need to pull up the trailer for my universe my baby because i gotta know what that's about all right but you know we we got we got some stuff as to do afterwards you know what i'm saying my dude? Oh, we'll, we'll be fine i'll just skip reader mail it's fine all right my my what is this what, what's it called my, my universe, universe my baby because I, I want to know what this is about. As you're pulling that up, though, I'm going to go ahead and do the wrap-up for Nintendo Indie World. Uh, Hades is coming to Switch Fall 2020. Spirit Fair is out later today. Garden Story is out 2021. Uh, Subnautica and Subnautica Below Zero is coming out to Switch early 2021. I, I guess I should say all this is for Switch. Takeshi and Hiroshi is out later today. Raji and Ep- an, an Ancient Epic is out later today. And that one actually looks really cool. Bear and Breakfast is out in 2021. A Short Hike is coming to Switch for, uh, later today. And A Short Hike, really cool game. You should check that one out. Card Shark is out. Uh, it's coming out in 2021. That's a game where you play uh, cards, but you're like a cheater. You're, you're doing the hustling. It's like Drake and Josh in that episode where they're playing pool. And like Drake kept acting like Josh wasn't like a boss in pool. And then kept ra- racking up all the money. It's like that, but for cards and on the Switch. Torchlight Three is coming Wait, out is this, this fall. Is this is my? This just says my baby. This might be something else. No, my uh, universe. Yeah, no. This my looks universe, right. my baby. You oh, that okay. That looks right. Yeah. All right. Let's 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 see what this is about. Microids. So you gotta you gotta pick from a baby. You gotta pick from another baby. Take care of your oh, own yeah. baby. Take care of your own baby. It's like Nintendo dogs, but for babies. Oh, I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> no, yeah, this is extremely cursed. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't like this. I don't like it's this all. at all. <laughs> so you're basically just taking care of a baby. I don't like this. Make your, Make your okay. baby unique. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Customize. We're looking at baby customization here. So, this seems very pure and very like genuine. It's, it's pure in like the worst way. Yeah, but like ah. my universe. Oh, okay. So it's like my baby developed by like my universe. I guess I don't know. I I don't know how I feel about that. Because again, no. it's it's pure and it seems like it seems genuine in heart. And it seems like a good-hearted game, but it's off-putting a bit. Yeah, no? No. that is it's the uncanny valley of babies. I don't want gamers taking care of babies. I'm, just, I'm, I'm joking. Um, I don't know. Yeah, that's that. That's a it, it is an uncanny valley of babies kind of thing. And I don't know how I feel about a babies Nintendo dogs kind of kind of thing. N- Nintendo babies. Uh, Torchlight 3 is coming out this fall. Uh, like I said earlier, Manifold Garden is out later today. Evergate is out later today. And then Untitled Goose Game Co-op Update is coming out September 23rd. Usually this is where I get into reader mail, but we had questions during the show and we're running late. And so I'm going to take the question that we have right now for reader mail. And then I'm going I'm to place it in the post show if you want to watch the post show. 
Now it is time to squat up. Jeffrey P. Long wrote in with a squat up on PlayStation and said, hey guys, I need help on Bloodborne. I'm planning, to, I'm planning on running through the Chalice Dungeons over the next couple of weeks, and I'll love it if some best friends join along for some jolly cooperation. Thank you. Uh, you can add Jeffrey P. Long on PlayStation with the username Jeffrey P. Long. That is Jeffrey spelled J-E-F-F-R-E-Y P. Long. Play some Bloodborne Chalice Dungeons. Uh, now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Rewrite in and let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong. Nana Boz writes in and says, Halo Infinite was delayed last week. Of course, time's a flat circle, and so I can never tell what happened last week and what happened in January. Because those are like the same things for me. Because I've been home for, for what, seven months? Six mm-hmm. months? I've been home forever. And every day looks the same, guys. It's getting, it's getting dire right here. It's only been like uh, five months, but it feels like 20. It feels like eight years. Uh, Zyger says, Bless is wrong. The Popeye's chicken sandwich is amazing. Best chicken sandwich, Bless, you need to try it. Listen, I'm not saying it's amazing. All I'm saying is that the Jolly Bee's chicken sandwich changed my life when I bit into it. Frankfurter says, Rogue Legacy is in early access today. Yeah, so it's out. You can buy it. It's just on a full, complete game. Wit says, Ghostwire Tokyo was announced for 2021. Okay. Uh, Nanobot just says regarding Cyberpunk, CD Projekt Red posted an update saying they weren't happy with Melee Combat and they were fixing it. I remember I was listening to um, KFGD on Friday where they mentioned that, and I don't know if they're going to delay the game like just based on that, but of course, yeah, they're still working on things, and so we'll see. We oh, shall summer see. Day, yeah, summer games done quick is going on. Go go back to last night and watch the Hollow Knight run, the Hollow Knight race. It's actually really amazing. And then Nanobaja says, blessing the term you're thinking thinking of where you fake out someone by, t- by, by talking down a skill to make money is hustling. Did I not say hustling? I thought I said hustling. You said hustling, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Drake was hustling people with Josh in Card Shark. You are just cheating at cards. Oh, I see. Okay. So you're correcting me that like in Card Shark, you're not a hustler. You're not doing like the oh. Drake thing. Yes. You are just cheating at cards. But like, isn't... Uh, okay. See, we don't know the full plot to Card Shark yet is what I'm going to say. You could be talking, you could like, you could be talking down somebody, right? Like, you could be like, oh, yeah, I suck at cards. I'm terrible at cards. Uh, and then, like, when, when the game actually starts, you know, you're Gambit all of a sudden and you're doing your, your, your thing. I feel like that, I feel, I feel like that falls into the hustling criteria. <laughs> I, lo- I, I love the idea of like, you're Gambit. And so when you start losing at cards, they just explode the table and leave. You just start like murdering everybody with, with, with cards <laughs> that you have at your disposal. It's like, I can't stay in this game. Ching, ching, ching. Um, Yes, so that has been kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Tomorrow's hosts for Kind of Funny Games Daily are me and Gary Witta. That's right. It's been a minute since I've hosted with the host of Animal Talking and Talk Guys, which I think is his upcoming Fall Guys thing. Uh, and so, yeah, join us tomorrow right here on twitch.tv slash Games and later on youtube.com slash Games and on podcast services around the globe. Of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday live right here. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kind of funny games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily. <laughs>